Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. One. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Dagmar Bryant, who is a motivational speaker and business coach who encourages women to pursue their dreams and desires. So Dagmar, hello and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Tom, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and hopefully give your tips, some, uh, so your audience, some great tips on how they too can use the speaker journey. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. And I can detect an Australian accent, but I understand you're not in Australia. Whereabouts in the world are you right now? <laughs> I'm in Lincoln in the UK. And yes, most certainly that is um, an Australian accent. Yeah. Uh, Hubby and I moved here in September 2019. Okay. So just before lockdown. So you spent your first yeah. two years trapped in the house, maybe. Well, it hasn't been a bad thing. I mean, I find that a lot of the world has caught up because... Yeah. Having lived in Australia, the USA, and now the UK, my business has always been very functional with moving with me. So I've mm-hmm. always had clients who I've I've uh, either coached through um, Zoom, mm-hmm. uh, Skype, as it was back in sure. the day via phone. So I've I'm quite used to this. You were well prepared. Yeah. Well, well, we'll talk a little bit later on about the pandemic and how it affected the speaking industry. Um, but for now, and thank you again for being here and. I know that in your talks, you really do lean on your own personal experiences and challenges to help motivate others and obviously to connect with the audience. Um, I really want to look at your experiences and challenges today when it comes to your life as a speaker. So my first question to get that conversation started is, would you say you were a naturally born confident speaker or, or did you used to be a little bit shy as a child? Oh, my goodness. That is like so loaded a question Mm -hmm. I have never considered myself to be a natural speaker although having said that I remember being a kid and saying to my parents we were living in Melbourne Mm -hmm. um, at the time that I wanted to go to NIDA which is the National Institute for Dramatic Arts when I grew up because I wanted to be an actress my dad said oh no 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 you'll never make it as an actress. Do you know how many people fail at that? And it's like, mm. thanks, Dad. Yeah, cheers, Dad. <laughs> yeah, that knocked you back a few years, I'm sure. So I've never been what I would consider my, to be a natural speaker. Mm-hmm. Being on stage, I mean, I loved, I was always in school plays yeah. and I loved being on the stage, but it was never something that came naturally to me. And in 2015, I joined Toastmasters in a club in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And I remember people saying to me, oh, you look so confident. You know, you speak so you speak so well and all that. And in the meantime, I've got the biggest butterflies yeah. in my stomach. And if you'd see my hands, they'd be shaking. But, you yeah. know, try and hold it all together as you do. But there was a lot of uh, fear, I guess, in mm-hmm. some way. And it was about breaking through that fear. I know public speaking is one of those top five fears that people yeah. encounter. And... I wanted to break through that because I knew that I had a message to share and my story does help other women. I was like, well, how do I do this? And the other thing is too, I'm an introvert as well. And so people go, an introvert and you're on stage? It's like, well, yes, absolutely. I mean, an introvert doesn't mean that you're in your little hidey hole and uh, hiding away, never doing anything. It's just how you manage 
your energy. Yeah. But um, it, it is being yourself, learning about yourself and adapting. I think they're the key things. Perfect. I can really resonate with the introvert comment and, and we'll talk about that as well. But I want to go back to the, the word fear that you used. So back mm-hmm. when you were in Toastmasters, your first time standing in front of that that audience, what do you think you were, it might have been subconscious, but what do you think you were afraid of? Muffing my words. Yeah. <laughs> like forget, forgetting yeah. what I was going to say or what I was supposed to say. So maybe embarrassment, fear of judgment, opinions. Yeah, all of that. I think I think probably more that fear of not remembering what I want to say or how I'm, what I'm going to say is being perceived. So, yeah, yeah, there is an element of judgment there. You yeah. know, are people going to think that you deserve to be on that stage? Mm-hmm. Are you worthy to be listened to? Yeah, and, and I think that's a couple of things that, that really hold people back is that fear of other people's opinions and, I guess, imposter syndrome as well. So if you can break through that, I think that's going to really help for people listening today. Yeah. And, and, then, and then you also mentioned as well that, you obviously went to Toastmasters, you started to build that confidence and you came across really well. At, at what point did you realise that you thought, you know what, I can do this and I want to turn this into a bit of a career? Uh, would you believe that I actually wanted to make it a career before I decided that I was actually good enough to do it? Perfect. So for me, it was always about, yes, because I'd had that acting experience mm-hmm. in my teens, I, I knew I could do it. It was just about developing it and being able to produce the content when you're on stage so in a lot of ways I had decided I was going to be a speaker before I ever stood in front of that audience at Toastmasters amazing excellent and I guess from that point onwards would you say you know are you now a full-time keynote speaker is this what you do I have a few well definitely the business coaching and the Mm -hmm. speaking so there's a duality to my business so I'm not a full-time keynote speaker Mm -hmm. I do do a lot of speaking through Mm -hmm podcasts through events of my own and through other people's so there's a lot of elements of the speaking but then I also have the coaching because because I really am passionate about helping women break free and really living a life that they love so they could they kind of go hand in hand I want to speak to be able to bring people in to help Mm -hmm. people yeah and that's that's a really good point actually is that um you know a lot of people who who speak to me about becoming a speaker they think about paid keynote gigs but you know you can also monetize speaking through having that like you said that coaching business and and having that as a way in to find out a little bit more about you and the next logical step will then to be you know work with you as a coach so your coaching is that group coaching is it one-to-one what is it you you do for people I do a combination of coaching so there is definitely one-to-one and there's group Mm -hmm. coaching as well Excellent. So I guess for people, I'll, I'll put the links in, in the show notes as well. If people want to find out more about you and what you do and how you can help them, there'll be opportunities to look at that as well in the show notes. So in terms of Thanks, no problem at all, in terms of speaking then, so when you first realized and decided you wanted to become a, a speaker and use that as part of your career, and you then started off on that journey, was there a point at which you had to begin with free talks and do lots of free gigs before you could get paid to do it how how did that transition happen for you yeah definitely it's one of those things the the more you do it the better you become Mm -hmm. because no matter how much you can do a talk in your head and say it to yourself it's never going to be the same until you actually present that so whether it's a keynote whether it's a workshop whether it's on stage in some way you 
you've got to get out there and you've just got to keep doing it. That's the only way to get better. And, and people talk about having this one signature talk or, you know, this one talk that's been pre-populated. Should, should that be a 30-minute talk, a 60-minute talk, a, a three-hour talk? What do you think people should do if they're going to think about starting developing their first talk to go and start delivering? Do you know, I would start with a concept. Yeah. And that con, I, I think in these, shall we say, strange times mm. post-COVID, I think there are talks that are universal and then there are talks that will evolve over time. So I think if you're going to start with a talk, start with a concept, but be mindful that that does need to evolve over time as times change, people change, circumstances change. And I would have a few versions mm. of a particular talk because sometimes if you're speaking at an event, you might only get allocated a 15-minute slot or a 30-minute slot. So then how are you going to present the key components of your message and adapt that for the different presentations that you're going to run? Obviously, you can then also present your material in a workshop and that can be offered even if you're doing a short talk at for example a corporation as a, mm -hmm. at a company you can offer a one or two day workshop mm. that's going to be a great big extension so i say adapt and have lots of versions of it and that's a really good point about having that that one concept that one idea that one thing that you can really uh, hinge your your ideas off does that should that come through life experiences should it come through qualifications or can people just create an idea based on research of a particular market? How do people get that one concept, do you think? My answer to that is experience, essentially. Yeah. The more you can draw on your own experience, your own story, mm. the easier it will be for you to make it relatable to your audience. Yeah. So, for example, if someone asked me to talk about IT, I'd be going like, what? <laughs> yeah. Have you got a pre-prepared talk for, for me? Then I can prepare that, definitely, mm -hmm. but you need to prepare it because I don't know anything about IT. So I can't claim to be an expert in, in no. IT, whereas I can claim to be an expert in empowerment, mindset, resilience. So because they are the key components of my my story. Mm. And, so and I think, yeah. yeah and, and and I guess you, you can really bring that story. If you if you're talking about IT, you can't bring it to life with your own experiences, anecdotes, you know, things that have happened. Whereas if you're talking about empowerment and mindset, you can really bring that to life with your own lived experiences as well. Well, let's just say if I was talking about IT, there'd be a lot of um SHITs and other <laughs> other words that are probably not so nice in there because yeah. I'd be going, I don't understand this. What are yeah. you doing to me? Right. So that would be my IT experience. But yes, as you say, you can bring it to life, your own story. And there'll be elements that you can add to that story where you know your audience will say, Oh my goodness, I've had exactly that experience. Mm. That's yeah. And that's when it really comes home. Yeah, and I guess having that then, you know, trust factor of, of your stories merging is is gonna really help driving people or and suggesting people move towards your coaching as well because you can connect yeah. on a personal level Definitely. so so on one of the groups of audience of, of people who listen to this podcast are let's call them aspiring speakers so they're not doing it yet they're they want to and they maybe got a lack of confidence or there's something holding them back 
what's kind of your one piece of advice you'd want to give to that aspiring speaker who, who for some reason, is just holding back? You're only going to limit me to one. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, one, we already talked about, and that was getting out and speaking. Mm. And love it or not love it, or if you don't know much about it, Toastmasters is actually very good for that because yeah. you, you get up there, you can do your speech. And one of the things that they are very good at is is picking you up on your ums and ahs. Yes. There is nothing worse in a speech to go um and uh and and, and all these kind of filler words. It sounds terrible. And get those, get that confidence into your speech without having those filler words and it'll sound so much nicer to your audience's ear. And the other, I know I'm going to go into two here, okay. but you can the other to. thing that I was going to say is don't be afraid to make a mistake Yeah. because remember this. You can have practiced your speech. You can have it down on a piece of paper, word for word, and it'll never come out the same as when you're doing it on stage. But guess what? Your audience has not read that piece of paper. They don't know what's on that piece of paper. Very true. Even if you make a mistake, nobody's going to know. Just keep going. Mm. Just, Just keep going. And, and and be okay with the mistakes. Look for them, in, in fact, because, you know, and you're going to learn from them and you're going to keep growing. So I think that's a really good, good point. Just get out there, you know, start doing it. And you know, the best keynote speakers today would have been where you are now, aspiring to one day get out there and start speaking. Yeah, true. Perfect. So thanks so much for that. Um, another thing I like to ask to help people who are maybe on that journey but at the very beginning is, have you got any speaking failures, mistakes, any catastrophes that you'd like to share with us to really help us understand what might happen on the journey as a speaker? Yeah, so you use an interesting word there. You talk about failure. And because I have a mindset of success, I don't mm-hmm. actually believe in that word failure. Right. I think pretty much most of the things you can do you can muck them up in somehow, mm. but are they are they failures? No. no, they are learning bumps in the road yeah. to make you better. So even if you have a so-called bump in the road, you're going to learn something from it. You know, even if you totally muck up a speech, you can go, oh, okay, well, I can. What what can I learn from this situation? So was it that I didn't do my preparation? Didn't I do, for example, what what is your preparation? I would always say to you, have a great preparation. Like, is it that you need to do a bit of meditation, a little mm-hmm. bit of breathing? You know, you need to run on the spot and get your adrenaline going. What is your learning from that? Whatever you did that you didn't feel that you did very well, and yeah. take that away and make it better next time. Yeah. Because there is no failure. There is yeah. just a bump. Bumps. bumps bumps and progress love it excellent and okay great so and i guess i guess just taking that on the next stage a little bit further and um, there's a transition point between doing lots of these free events toastmasters speaking at your local venues to one day deciding do you know what i want to get paid to do this what what was that transition point like for you and do you have any advice for anybody else thinking about asking to be paid to speak just do it. Once you get to a certain stage, I think you know within mm-hmm. yourself that you're ready to say, okay, I'm worth it. Even if it's even if you're only charging a nominal amount for the first one, charge anyway, because it gets you onto that stepping stone. And one of the sayings that I've heard is 
undercharge and over deliver because it yeah. gives you that more confidence. So charge, charge something, mm-hmm. but just get a charge onto the get onto onto that page. Have have an invoice, and you go, oh yeah, I've been oh, paid. Yeah, that's paid. it. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's only fifty quid. I've been paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just gives you such a boost of confidence. And even on your speaking journey, as you go along, there will be times when you go, well, okay, I can. I'm speaking for a charity. Don't don't ever underestimate charities do have funds. Mm-hmm. But you might say, okay, well, instead of charging a thousand pounds, you you can say, well, because of you know, I feel very passionate about what we're talking about, what the message I want to deliver is. I'm going to reduce that for you. My invoice will say still a thousand pounds, and then I'll yeah. cross it out and I'll make it a reduced yeah. amount. So there's ways that you can still go get around your fee even as you speak and become more experienced. Mm-hmm. And I would just say allow there to be a certain amount of fluidity with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't have to be the $10,000 an hour speaker straight away. You know, just start off, like you said, get get paid, anything, whatever, whatever you can get, and then it will just build from there. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and, and finally, uh, well, a couple more questions, but one of them is, We've we've talked about the pandemic and you know, you come over to the UK in twenty nineteen, pandemic was mm-hmm. twenty twenty, probably you know, wiped out the entire in person speaking for you. And and a lot of people that's transitioned to virtual and, and hybrid events. What what's the future? Are we gonna bounce back to loads of in person events or is there gonna be a, is 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 virtual hybrid here to stay? What what's your take on that? Personally I'd say there's probably going to be a hybrid that's going to stay. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to go back to what it was. The no. old world is gone. And I think yeah. the sooner we can say, okay, draw a line in the sand, that that is what was. Mm-hmm. And just allow there to be both. I think there's uh, mm-hmm. merits absolutely in having, having both. For example, not having to travel, not having yeah. to uh, spend time away from family and accommodation and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely benefits. For both, and I'd say there's a place. Me personally, I love connecting with people. Mm. So if I can do it in person, I potentially will. But by the same token, I'm just as happy to like like speaking with you today. Happy to connect online. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And and yeah, let's just see what happens next in terms of the technology advancing and and how it can really bring the experiences to life online as well. Yeah. So fantastic. Thank you so much for all your help and advice so far. The last question from me is if people want to connect with you online, book you as a speaker, join your coaching program, where should they go? I would absolutely love that. Thank you, Tom. It's dagmarbryant.com. As you said, Tom will have a link for you and or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn as my favorite platform. So check out Dagmar Bryant. You can catch me on there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And again, really appreciate your time coming along and sharing your story with our podcast listeners. Thank you.